Hey, beautiful, and welcome to Finally and Happy, a podcast and community for kick-ass, can-do women living with chronic illness. My name is Shannon Clink, happiness coach and self-care strategist. I share with you my personal journey to joy through chronic illness, bring you some amazing guest speakers, and share tons of happiness hacks and self-care strategies so that you too can live in joy and happiness despite what chronic illness or condition you may be living with day to day. And I am absolutely thrilled that you are here for today's episode because today is a toolbox talk to put one more tool in your self-care, healthcare, wellness, mindset toolbox. As kick-ass, can-do women living with chronic illness, I know you are amazingly resourceful and you know what works best for you, for your health, your heart and spirit, your journey. And in today's episode, you'll pick up a new tool or two to make your journey easier or be reminded of one that you haven't used in a while or maybe hear a fresh take on an oldie but goodie. Whatever it may be, I am so excited to share this collective wisdom from some of my most favorite guests during these toolbox talks. So with no further ado, let's see what's in store for us today. Hey beauties, I am super excited for today's episode. I know I say that every time, but I really, really, really am. Today I bring to you the multi-passionate, multi-talented, Naema Black. She is the founder of Harmonic Soul Wellness, and everything about her sings that harmony. She is the founder of the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating, and before you turn this off and go, I'm not a vegan, I don't want to be a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, here's the deal. I love food. I love food. I love all kinds of food. I love junk food. I love healthy food. I love my baby back ribs as much as I love a good wild rice stuffing and an acorn squash. And we all know what our preferences are and we all know what works best for our own body. And that is the thing that I appreciate so much about Naema and her approach. She refers to herself as the non-judgmental vegan and she totally is. Her passion for making plants the primary source of your fuel is infectious and judgment-free. And in addition to the practical tips on how to get more plant-based food into your diet, she has such a relatable and down-to-earth approach on our emotions with food. As she says, our relationship with food is complicated. You can say that again. So with no further ado, I bring you Harmonic Soul Wellness, Naema Black. <laughs> how are you? Hi. I'm well, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited that we finally get some time together. I love your flower and your hair. It's totally Thank inspiring. <laughs> and it is, it's one of the things that I talk about in my community a lot is that, um, because we spend so much time just feeling energetically low, mm-hmm. it's so nice to have those reasons to put a flower in our hair and a little lipstick on yes. and rock it, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. So <laughs> I absolutely love it. Especially after a year of, you know, exercise clothes and you know, a whole year of not needing to be dressed up except for right, below right what you can see right. on camera. Yeah. 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 And I've got my perfectly it's, imperfect shirt on today, but no one can see it but exactly. me. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's like those few moments when we have an opportunity to, you know, put on a little lipstick or, you know, do something a little bit different or even put on a cute top. It's like, mm-hmm. got to make you know, the most of it for sure. Absolutely. So, um, why don't we just dive right in? Because I don't know a lot about the work that you do. I know about the work that you do from your podcast, which is Harmonious Living. Do I have that right? Yes. And yes. And That's correct. Um, you have some of the most creative titles for your podcast, by the way. I love your titles on your podcast. <laughs> and Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. 
On your Instagram page, though, your first title is singer-songwriter. Will you tell me a little bit about the singer-songwriter side of you before we get into the food side of you? Absolutely. So I'm a multi-passionate person. And um, as people get to know me, they'll see that I have all of these different sides to me. So music is my first love. I've been singing since I was a child. It's the thing that lights me up, that gives me my wings. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've been doing it um, all of my life, you know, off and on, performing with different groups. Sometimes I'm just doing it for myself, for my own enjoyment. Um, I am in a local band here and I'm a late, one of the co-lead singers. And during COVID, of course, we weren't able to keep performing in front of public groups. And so um, I've kind of taken a step back and like many people, um, pivoted in 2020 and started looking at, well, what other ways can I express my creativity? Um, and so that's kind of how the other sides, the thing, the other things that you see on my Instagram evolved. Um, but yes, I've been a vocalist and um, I just love doing music. I love performing and, you know, being around people. I like recording as well. Um, but it's just, the way that the energy has been, um, I kind of took a step back even from writing. I think I've just been really kind of taking it all in and observing. And it's like, there's some things that are brewing that they're gonna come out on paper and they're gonna come out in song soon. But I think like a lot of people, it's just been really a time of introspection, and just, you know, looking at the world now because it's so different than we've experienced it, at least in my lifetime, I think a lot of people would feel the same way. Yeah, I would totally agree. And um, I referred to this time a little bit for myself as like a sacred pause. Mm -hmm. it, it has been, you know, sometimes when we think of pause, it's not necessarily a positive thing, but mm -hmm. combining it with that sacred space of being able to step back and have the space to reassess a little bit and go, what does light me up? And that thing that lights me up, can I do it just because it lights me up for no other reason, but right. because it lights me up. <laughs> yes. And I think so yeah. many of us stop doing the thing that lights us up because we're like, what's the purpose other than the fact that it just lights us up? Mm -hmm. And um, I love that you still bring that to your life and you can see that in the spirit of the work that you do for sure. Thank you for sharing that part of you. Thank you and so much. now um, tell me about the plant-based living, this part of you that I uh, will share a little bit about my journey as we get into it, but I would love to hear a little bit how you got to that place in your journey. I'm sure you have some story mm -hmm. that brought you to that place for you. Absolutely. So, you know, everyone has a wellness journey and that's one of the things that I talk about in my podcast. And for me, I think my first glimpses um, really started when I was a teenager and maybe even further back than that. I would say that, you know, my mom always tried to make sure that we had balanced meals. Although I, like many people, grew up in the U.S. with the standard American diet. And so I was an omnivore. And, but I was um, in high school and I had a really engaging biology teacher. And this particular year, um, he taught us a lot about chemicals in food and preservatives and all of these things. And my mind was just blown. And so I really started um, taking more, um, paying more attention to what was in the foods that I was eating. So much so that at that time I decided to stop eating red meat. And so I was only eating um, poultry and seafood for several years. And um, so I made that conscious decision that I wanted to eat better. Um, and then fast forward to in my early 20s, I noticed that I had started picking up some weight. 
And I know that part of that was from, you know, late night eating and, you know, kind of hanging out and eating after partying and stuff like that. And I realized that I needed to take a more disciplined approach to my eating. And so um, my first experience with plant-based eating was I actually went raw as a vegan uh, for, um, well, I did it for several years, but within the first six months, the weight really just melted off. Wow. And I was convinced I wasn't doing any extra exercise. I wasn't doing anything special. I was just eating better. And I noticed that my energy levels increased significantly. My skin got clearer. My mind was clearer. And so I started just researching and, you know, experimenting on myself and just learning as much as I could. And then as time went on, I started noticing um, some health issues with some family members and one of them being diabetes and the other being high blood pressure, which you may or may not know are um, two ailments that are common in particular with people of color. But, you know, genetically speaking in my family, I, I noticed these, these conditions were happening. And I, as I was doing my research, I learned so much about things that are preventable through lifestyle choices. And so at that point, I made a commitment to myself that, well, if I can prevent myself from dealing with heart disease or, you know, exposure to cancer or hypertension or all of these other things, if eating well and taking care of myself can help me prevent that, then let me do that. And so it's just kind of been an ongoing journey. And I'm not saying that I've been, you know, perfect. And certainly there have been times where I've gone back and forth between being um, vegan or vegetarian and, or, you know, there were, there was a time where I had poultry again or seafood. And so I've experimented on myself and, you know, family members and seen what works for me and what I've seen that my body responds to the best. And what science says works best for people is a diet that's heavy in um, plants, in fruits and vegetables and legumes and grains and all of that. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. a long way of saying that, yeah, it's been, it's been an ongoing journey. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I tell people is people can give you advice and tips and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, do you, yeah. what, what works for you? And, you know, like if you're enjoying that, then, you know, keep with it. Our bodies have an intelligence. And so you have to learn what your body responds to, and then give it that, you know, your body will let you know when something that you're consuming is good for you or agrees with you versus when it's not. Oftentimes we will mask or we will suppress um, or not listen to those things that are happening. And the body is saying like, for example, I get a stomach ache when I eat this particular food. Well, hello, that's a clue right. that your body is somehow not responding. Um, and oftentimes we'll go to a doctor and say, every time I eat this, I get a stomach ache. And then the doctor gives you some medicine. And so we, you know, we put band-aids on things and it can add up over time and lead to chronic illnesses. So there's something to be said for listening to that intelligence. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it is such an important issue for this community of women who live with chronic illness. There is a nuance to mm -hmm. each of us. The, the journey that every person has this nuance to not only their individual chronic condition, but how it presents to them. And what I have learned and I just really honor is that women do know what works for their body. We do. Mm -hmm. It's the doing it and the doing it <laughs> consistently. And that's where the sisterhood and the support and being willing to connect with other women to say this 
getting my water every day is really hard or I know I like zucchini, but I don't know how to cook it. What do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend six hours on YouTube because I can get obsessive about how to cook a zucchini all of a sudden. <laughs> Being willing to ask for help in some of these areas, I think is so important. And then honoring that listening to ourselves so that mm-hmm. we can make those choices. I also, you know, I would love to hear any of your sort of go-to recommendations. So for example, um, part of my condition is I've had a bad belly pretty much my whole life. And not too long ago, my naturopath, I work with a naturopath as well as Western medicine. I do it all, like all are welcome Mm -hmm. in this healing space. And so she said, you know what, why don't you just, why don't you just try and, um, add some papaya into your diet. I was like, okay, so, you know, fresh papaya, dried papaya, right? I get all analytical about it as us smart women do sometimes. Like, all right, let's dissect what kind of papaya. Um, so just, just get some good non-sugar added organic papaya, eat a strip a day. Now I could sell you some really expensive enzymes. You could go to a doctor and they'd probably put you on some kind of chemical or just let's start with the papaya. No joke, 10 days later, one little piece of papaya a day, my stomach's right as rain. Wow. Right? And and Mm -hmm. part of it is a willingness to be open to papaya might be the answer. Because how how many times are we like, no, 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 you don't understand. My situation is really complicated. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. sure it is complicated, but try the papaya anyways. (laughs) Right? Yes. And then a willingness to try the papaya and then, you know, just, just the openness to that, that experience. And then if the papaya doesn't work, being open to try something else. So I know that you may have some go-to suggestions or things that you might recommend um, and not for any one specific thing, but what are some of your favorites that really nourish you? Wow. This is the thing is that my philosophy, and you, I'm sure you've heard this cliche about let food be thy medicine. Mm. And so starting from there and starting from the premise mentally that the natural state of our body is wellness. Mm. So if we start from there, then if we look at illness, illness is that there's something that is out of balance because our body our bodies have the ability to heal themselves. Our bodies are natural healers, but sometimes we have to give them the tools um, or the fuel to heal. And like you said, oftentimes it's a matter of exploring, trying things that you might not have tried before and being open to trying new things. And some people may put their nose up at certain things that they haven't tried and Sometimes what I have found is that your taste buds may change over time. So things that I didn't like when I was younger, I thought I didn't like when I had them in a different form, I found out that I actually did like them better. Oh, nice. Like what? Can you think of an example? Well, like certain vegetables, for example, um, where I didn't like the texture, like I'll give you a really easy one, spinach. Mm. So if you have um, spinach, if it's overcooked, or let's say if you only have it frozen and you don't know the, the beauty and the texture and taste of having it raw, then you could miss out and say, oh, I don't like spinach, mm. but it's just because of the form that you've had it in or you know, certain vegetables, if you have them out of a can and they taste mushy to you, well, if you have it fresh, then you may experience it a whole different way. Or even like if you cook certain vegetables a different way. So for example, I love roasting vegetables. Mm. Um, It brings out other flavors in them and then using um, herbs and seasoning and things like that in the cooking that make it more appealing. But so I, I like to say, you know, having a variety of foods um, is a good go-to when it comes to the digestion and the gut in particular, 
as you mentioned, you know, papaya and things like that, that have good digestive enzymes, pineapple. So some people don't like the taste of papaya. And again, it, it depends on what form you have it in. So maybe someone doesn't like fresh papaya, but they might like papaya juice. Right. They can take tablets or, you know, um, so in other words, there are many ways to enjoy it. You know, dried papaya um, actually is really good and it's really sweet. And actually, I I tend to prefer dried papaya over fresh papaya oftentimes, but I like to find it, you know, like without sulfur because, you know, they add preservatives to it sometimes. And so again, it's about exposing, trying a little bit, being open to try. So even if you say you don't like something, give it a shot. And more often than not, you'll find, okay, well, I like this. I don't like that. You get feedback. And, you know, other things that are good for gut health are, um, of course, you know, probiotics. Um, Sometimes people will do like kombucha or do like fermented foods. Mm -hmm. So like your tempeh, um, sauerkraut, apple cider vinegar um, with the mother in it, the raw apple cider vinegar. So there are a lot of different ways to um, deal with your gut health. Um, But the other thing about that, of course, the vagus nerve, which um, is connected all the way from the brain. And so there's something to be said for the brain gut connection too. So if you're dealing with a lot of stress, that can affect your digestion too. So it's not just about the food always. Sometimes it's about our thoughts. Sure. Let's talk about mindset for a little bit, for sure, because you're truly to all of my listeners, if you're on Instagram and not following Nima, you need to go follow her on Instagram because she just has the most uplifting quotes. You know, sometimes you hear quotes that you just see the same ones over and over again, but I read yours and really connect. And so I love that people need to go follow you. Um, (laughs) so, but let's talk about mindset and let's talk about that body, uh, that brain gut connection, because Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that part of my story was that I was not properly diagnosed until I was about 40 years old. And so I had spent all of my life sick. I had had Mm -hmm. one kind of infection after another, after another, after another. I am the classic case of the 1970s and 80s. I was fed antibiotics like candy, right? It just, it kept me going. Now, it probably kept me alive in all fairness to my doctors of the time. But this place of, I believed it was my fault, Mm. I believe that my being sick was my fault. It was because I know you're shaking your head. I just love that, right? I I had internalized at every level of my being, it was because I didn't eat right, or I didn't sleep right, or I didn't manage stress well, or I didn't whatever. And I used, I I used, maybe use isn't the right word, but I sought out all kinds of mindset support. What happened for me was I actually then used that to shame myself even more. Because Mm. I couldn't think my way into feeling physically different. I could think my way into a better, more gratitude space, positive mindset, etc. But I couldn't think myself healthy. Mm. And again, that was just one more layer of how this is my fault. And there was this place in time where I got properly diagnosed and there was a a sense of really deep acceptance around there are certain things in my body that I'm powerless over, right? Like I'm powerless over my white blood cells. Now I leave a little tiny window open for miracle of miracles. Maybe one Mm -hmm. day I wake up and have a normal amount of white blood cells. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It's possible. Miracles happen. Absolutely. But I, I may or may not be able to think my way into more white blood cells. I may or may not be able to think my way into IgG antibodies. And so this mindset, brain, gut piece, this fine balance between 
what I put out into the universe is critical and I can't think my way into more white blood cells or I can't think my way into how my kidney is going to release my insulin or I can think my way into loving myself enough to making different food choices, which will impact how my kidney is going to release my insulin or et cetera. And I know that's a really long-winded question. I think you're learning about me. I ask really long-winded questions. <laughs> Sorry, it's who I am. Um, but whatever comes up for you around that, I would love to hear your thoughts. Again, you know, you said a lot and I think... And I was thinking about this before we got on this call is that there's so many lessons when a person is dealing with a chronic condition. As you said, you know, there's a lot that goes into your head in terms of blaming and shaming and even frustration that people deal with when if the one, depending on how you advocate for yourself, if you're not being heard, if you're not getting the response that you need from your healthcare practitioners and, and, you know, bless people who go into that field. I'm not, you know, casting aspersions on anybody, but I would also say that because Western medicine tends to not look at root causes as much, there's sometimes some suffering that people go through. But I think one thing that's helpful to have is to um, have as an affirmation that I have whatever the condition is, it doesn't have me. And so if you start from that premise and then again, look at everything in life as a lesson. Sometimes the lesson might be surrender. Sometimes the lesson might be, okay, let me learn how to balance what part that I can control, what parts I can manage, and which, which parts I need to just listen to my body, whether it's telling me to rest, whether it's telling me, you know, this is working or this is not working. It's a balance. It's a balancing act. And I think there are so many lessons inherent in it. And, you know, getting back to what I said earlier, just even knowing when it's time to rest. Because sometimes we do, do, do. And sometimes we do in spite of what our body's telling us. And sometimes we, our bodies will shut down because like, okay, you didn't listen. I've had enough. I'm stopping. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, dealing with, with that part of the mindset. The other part, I think, and you mentioned the word gratitude, um, it's something that I am a complete ad adherent of and a complete proponent of is a daily gratitude practice. You know, being able to thank God for all of it, the adversity, the sunshine and the rain, mm -hmm. because it's all part of the journey and I know that sometimes it's easier said than done. Finding one little thing to be grateful for and then grasping onto that and then letting that expand. I think that goes a really long way. I am loving this conversation, but this is a good spot to take a quick break and remind you, as always, that nothing on this podcast is intended to diagnose, treat, heal, or cure any illness and any medical advice specific to you and or your condition should be directed to and received from your medical team. And I want to make sure you know about two things going on at Finally F and Happy that may be of support to you or someone you know and love. As you know, I am the queen of self-care, your personal self-care cheerleader, because I am crazy passionate about women being kind to themselves through sustainable, consistent, doable daily self-care. And maybe you just feel like you don't have the time or the motivation or those little things don't matter. Or by the time you've taken care of everyone else, you're exhausted. I completely understand. I have so been there. 
Just over 10 years ago, despite having lots of good things in my life, I was walking around with the suicide hotline number in my pocket. And my self-care was more like this desperate patchwork, something more akin to a NASCAR pit crew stop than a reliable, loving, daily self-care. But I wasn't willing to give up on joy. I wasn't willing to give up on my dreams, regardless of how physically and emotionally horrible I felt. And I tried everything. I reached out to so many self-help programs. But what I found is that many of those cookie-cutter approaches didn't take into consideration the specific nuances of my chronic illness and the physical and emotional unpredictabilities that went along with it. So I created a self-care system for kick-ass women living with chronic illness that makes showing up for you totally doable in small, manageable baby steps. And it has allowed me to completely change my life, my energy, how I show up for my family, my work, but most importantly, how I show up for myself, all while managing a chronic illness that can knock me on my ass when I least expect it. If you can relate to any of that and some loving self-care accountability sounds wonderful, listen up. The first thing is that every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, I go live in my Facebook group, Finally Effing Happy. You can join the Facebook group at bit.ly backslash Finally Effing Happy group and there will be a link in the show notes. But I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I take 10 to 15 minutes to infuse my week with energy and enthusiasm by creating and committing to a self-care plan just for the one week ahead. And if you'd like to infuse your week with a little energy and enthusiasm, come join me. Again, the link will be in the show notes. And then the second thing I want to share with you, I am offering three women 30 days of one-on-one coaching at the beta price of $298. That's five and a half hours of individualized one-on-one coaching time to dive into what is holding you back from showing up for you and living your fullest life. After completing a thorough self-care assessment with me, taking into consideration the nuances of your chronic condition and how it physically and emotionally presents in your life, I will run alongside you for the rest of the month and cheer you on week in and week out as you build your very own self-care superstructure. And when your self-care foundation is strong, when your roots reach deep into nourishing soil, everything is possible. So if any of that sounds good to you and you're having a hard time generating that all on your own, DM me, send me an email, Let's chat about it. I can answer any and all questions about this one-on-one coaching offer at the beta price of $298. That's five hours of one-on-one coaching to start building your self-care superstructure and have a personalized coach running alongside of you for some loving accountability to make it real. And whether that sounds interesting to you or you join me on Sundays at 8 p.m. to prioritize yourself for the week ahead, or listen to this podcast and continue to fill your self-care toolbox, I hope you find whatever it is that supports you in showing up for you. Be kind to you today. Now let's get back to today's show and all of Naema's harmonious wisdom. I'm grateful for my dogs. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for Kathy Heller teaching us how to be C students. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually grateful for my condition now. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't always grateful for it. And um, I too am a huge proponent of a daily gratitude practice. And every day I write down three things. One thing that I'm genuinely grateful for. One thing that's working in my life. Mm-hmm. And one place where I see God, spirit, divine, unconditional love, some kind of magic, whatever word people are most comfortable with um, in the world, alive and well in my life or yours today. Because some days I can't, if you, on a low energy day or a day when I'm really sick, when I don't want to be sick, 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you grateful for? I can almost even shame myself for not feeling more grateful because I know there's stuff I'm supposed to be grateful for, but I'm having a hard time really accessing it. And then it becomes this, you know, self-defeating cycle. And so I've found the, I can always find one thing I'm genuinely grateful for. One thing that's working for me and one place where I see divine beauty operating in the world today. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that practice as well for a couple of years and it has fed me through thick and thin for sure. It's a beautiful yeah. practice. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing we have to remind ourselves it's okay to not be okay. And just like with everything that we've been dealing with, with COVID, as you know, we before we got on here, we talked about silver linings and, but you know, there is a lot of collective grief going on. There's stuff that's happening, serious things mm-hmm. that are happening in the world. And of course we're affected by it. And so, you know, sometimes, I don't know if I can cuss on here. I'm spiritual, but I cuss, you know. You I'm the mouth of a trucker, hence my <laughs> business name, finally and happy. I try and tone it down a little bit when I'm live on the podcast, but yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, sometimes it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're not grateful. Right. And Sometimes it might be harder than other times to find something to be grateful for, but as much as we can, and as much as we can do it and give ourselves grace when we don't feel like it, you know, do what you can right? and be okay with it. But, you know, shooting on ourselves, you know, S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G on ourselves. It's like, that's just another counterproductive mental thing that we do. And it's, it's contrary to um, practicing self-love. So I, I try not to do it to other people and I try not to do it to myself. Well, let's, um, let's pivot just a little bit. Tell me a little bit about really the plant-based living that you, um, both on your podcast as well as on your Instagram. And I know you have some things coming down the pike So tell me a little bit about your plant-based living. Sure. So, um, and I didn't touch on this earlier, but, you know, I found that as I was doing research, you know, over the years that I became really passionate about this lifestyle and I became really passionate about being healthy and wanting other people to be healthy too, to come on this journey. And sometimes people are not into it, but some people are. One of the things that I've been doing, you know, over the years, first I I found that when I first started learning about this, I was quick to tell people about what was wrong with what they were eating. And I was, I was coming from a, a genuine place of wanting to be helpful, but I found that, you know, sometimes people were turned off by that. And I think sometimes people get this vibe that, vegans are judgmental. And so I, I call myself the non-judgmental vegan because at the end of the day, people are going to do what they do. But if you can help yourself by making small tweaks, and if you are ready to go deeper, then I will take you there. And so to that end, I started teaching people over the past year, things that I have learned from my years of study, from my years of research, and from seeing what works for me and other people that I've Um, introduce this lifestyle to. And so it is a holistic thing for me. So yes, part of it is about eating well and making, you know, plants the primary source of your fuel. But also, again, it comes back to the things we consume are not just from our mouth. Mm. We consume things through our eyes, through our senses, through our ears. And so, you know, making sure to consume positivity, high vibration. Mm. And so we can, we can get high vibrations from our foods and our foods can be healing to us. And so that's a big part of what I have been teaching people. And so I started a program called 90 days to wellness. It's a plant-based eating program. And in fact, I'm going to be, um, starting a new cohort in the summer of this year. So I kind of took it a step back a little bit I'm still working with um, students from that, but I'm pivoting a little bit because I'm going to start doing some virtual 
cooking demos because I found that people I respond. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. So, and I love to cook and it's a way that I can express my creativity. And one thing that I want people to know is that being healthy it's not a drag. You can, it's, it can be fun. Like it's, people tend to think of deprivation. I tend to think of what you can have, you know, all of the things that you can explore that you might not have tried. So to me, it can be an adventure mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, got to have this healthy thing. I know it tastes like cardboard, but it's healthy. <laughs> it's like, My no, for sure. I am it's not healthy, but it tastes like cardboard. <laughs> no, I am not suffering to eat healthy. You know, like if something doesn't taste good, just because it's healthy doesn't mean that I'm going to eat it. Like I'm going to enjoy my food. And so I'm thankful that over the years, um, you know, I've been cooking and, and learning different recipes, creating some recipes. And so now I'm going to be sharing those with people. So I'll be hosting. Yay. Yes. So I'm going to be next month. I'm going to start hosting my first um, virtual cooking demos. And because some people just want to learn maybe some vegan options that they can sprinkle in to their regular regimen. They're not necessarily wanting to go vegan all the way. Um, I occasionally host workshops where, um, like last year, I did a couple of workshops called So You Want to Be a Vegan. And it's for anybody who's exploring the idea or who just wants to see what a plant-based lifestyle is all about. But again, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. So for those who are ready and who do want to take a deeper dive, my 90 Days to Wellness program gives you all of that because we go into nutrition, we go into foods and mood, we go into um, a lot of different things. I give people homework to do. Um, we meet over Zoom. I give people also mindset work to do because a lot of this health journey starts in the mind. And a lot of us have addictions to food that we aren't even aware of. There's been a concerted effort in the food industry to make things palatable or to make things um, so appealing to us that we kind of don't have resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to be said for, again, reading labels and knowing, being an informed consumer. And so those are some, some of the things that I teach people about in my uh, plant-based eating program. That's awesome. And I, I love how, you know, you said there are some foods that we can become addicted to. And it made me think immediately just based on our conversation, you know, there's some patterns of thought that we mm -hmm. become addicted to mm -hmm. that is also related to foods we choose, you know, when I think about how many times, you know, oh, I, this is my reward. I deserve this. And whether <laughs> that's going to be a beer or an ice cream or whatever, uh -huh. um, but also alternatively, so whenever I need a reward, I get to choose foods that don't really nourish my body. But also too, when I've had a really bad day or something stressful or traumatic has happened, people want that beer or that ice cream. And so it's a, it's a no win situation in terms of some of those patterns of thought of what relieves fill in the blank yeah, and that what we consume is not just the food. It's our pattern of thinking. It's what we see. It's what we hear. It's what we wear and touch and mm -hmm. um, smell all of those senses. And so how we can make it, like you say, a holistic whole life thing. And I do, um, one of the reasons that I wanted to invite you to be on this show is for that very reason that you, I love that you said you're the non-judgmental vegan <laughs> because some people really can be turned off mm -hmm. from whatever that is. My getting to know you and everything I know from you from social media, you know, being able to learn more about plant-based living in an environment where I can still be me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a precious space that you're creating, especially for my community where, you know, there is such a nuance of food sensitivities and everyone's just a little bit different and what does work for them and what doesn't work for them. And the, the educational spaces, all of that is okay. 
all Mm -hmm. of bring all of that. And let me share with you my knowledge and see what works, take what works and leave the rest. Yeah. Maybe put it in your back pocket because maybe in two years or five years, it works for you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I do is that when I get someone into my program, I customize for them um, what recommendations that I'm making for the foods for them. Um, Because again, as you said, you know, everybody has different needs and getting back to the mindset part, you know, our relationship with food is complicated, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Because we do use it for all those different things, not just fuel. We do use it to soothe ourselves. We do use it to self-medicate, but we also use it as a treat, as a reward. Mm -hmm. And so it serves all of these other functions. And then it takes us back to memories more often than not, you know, you associate a certain food with a certain event in your life, or maybe it's a family tradition, or maybe it's a cultural thing around a recipe being passed down or all of these different things. And so, you know, people get really emotional about it. People get really attached to their ideas about the food they're eating. And and even like, if you decide to do something different, sometimes people see it as a rejection of, oh, you think you're too good for this? Or, oh, you know, you used to have this and you're not having this anymore. I mean, it can turn into this whole thing and it can be isolating too. Like if you're the only person who is deciding to eat a certain way or if your body requires you to have different dietary needs for your own health and protection and you see everybody else having all this stuff and indulging and seeming like they're having a good time there's some FOMO that comes into it you know where people feel like they're missing out seriously you know and it's like but we have to do what's best for us because you know sometimes people maybe feeling like they're missing out or maybe there's some peer pressure oh just try oh you can't have just one bite and So there's so much involved with the social aspect of the food. And so, you know, as I work with people, help people to work on their why, even when they're deciding to go on this healthy path, a lot of that, again, starts with the mind connection and doing that overall thing. And eating well is a form of self-care. It's a form of self-love. So those are the things that I work on with people in addition to, like I said, not treating it like deprivation, because what do we want the most? The stuff that we feel like we couldn't, that we can't have, or that we shouldn't have, or things that are taboo, right? Right. (laughs) Well, I love that. I wrote it down. Um, I am not suffering to eat healthy. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, and I love that in your program, you really talk about helping people with that emotional side of things. So I, for about 10 years of my life was a vegetarian and man, the, the, um, pushback I got from my family, Mm -hmm. particularly around the holidays. Oh my God. And I would bring (laughs) something equally as delicious. I mean, I would make this mean, um, wild rice stuffing in a squash. I did a variety of different kinds of squashes. It was so delicious and everybody loved it, but I, the pushback and, um, feedback I got from my family was just, it was exhausting. And I think to the piece, particularly when people um, need to do it for their own health, whether it's around gluten options or mm-hmm. sugar options or vegetarian options, that it really can be isolating and providing that emotional support around those food choices. Just so happy to hear that that's a critical part of your 90-day program. Uh, yeah, and part of my journey is that I I had gained some weight when I fell in love with my husband 10 years ago, 11 years ago or so, I put on, I don't know, probably 10 pounds, just, you know, falling in love, eating out all the time. Mm-hmm. It was great. Totally happy pounds. Like I uh-huh. wasn't worried about it. They were happy pounds. <laughs> and then I broke my leg, broke it in a way where I literally had to be immobile for um, eight weeks. And then the next eight weeks were very little mobility. And I gained another 10 pounds. And 
Weight has, thank goodness, never been really an issue in my life. And I didn't really know what to do. And so I, I mean, I knew what to do. I knew how to eat healthy. I knew a lot of information, but I also knew that I'd never actually had to lose weight before. And so it was best for me to ask for help. So I reached out mm-hmm. to a nutritionist and thank goodness, because my previous experience in that world had been people who tried to sell me a program here, eat this, you know, eat this particular bar or eat this particular supplement or you have to, right? And she didn't do that at all. She said, because of your immune condition, we are just going to eat super clean, whole foods, Mm -hmm. super clean, whole foods. I said, great, I'm totally on board and no sugar, no dairy, um, no processed carbs. And I say processed carbs because maybe I'd have some sweet potato or something like that. Lots of water, obviously. Me and water have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but I had been told many, many times with my primary immunodeficiency, I have a constant elevated unidentifiable inflammation. And they've always just said, ah, it's probably part of your primary immunodeficiency, blah, blah, blah. But when I, for an extended period of time, did no dairy, no sugar, no processed carbs, my inflammation numbers went completely within the realm of normal. And I, like you said earlier on, I could think clearer. My skin was better. I slept better, Mm -hmm. felt better in my body. My thoughts were better everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that direct correlation and connection between our food, our thoughts, our choices, our self-esteem, our self-love, our self-care. You know, I love how you said, you know, if food was a relationship on Facebook, we'd have to check it's complicated, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) It's totally complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I love your program and I love how you're putting it out there in the world and sharing all of that wisdom with people to empower their own health. Thank you so much. And like you said, you know, a lot of it is just clean eating those wonders And oftentimes it's the processed stuff that causes the most inflammation, but it's the processed stuff that's the hardest to let go of Mm. for a number of reasons. One, because of the taste, of course, right? but also the convenience. Oftentimes it's quick. It's easy. We can give it to our children. They can make it themselves sometimes. So, you know, we're, we're taking shortcuts sometimes, but then those shortcuts sometimes can come back to bite us. So it's like, is it really convenient if it's causing you to have this other issue as a side effect? So sometimes just treating time in the kitchen, making your own meals as its own meditation mm-hmm. and making it be fun. So even like getting back to the the vagus nerve that I had briefly touched on before, singing while you make food or dancing or listening to music or listening to something positive because you're infusing your food with positive energy. Mm, I love that. And so, you know, and you can tell when food is prepared lovingly, right? You totally can. Yeah, it seems like it tastes better versus, you know, someone is angry, they're pissed off. Like, I don't want anybody making my food when they're pissed because they're putting that energy into the food. You know, (laughs) it might be over salted. It could be, you know, all these things. But the dancing, the singing, humming, all of that stimulates the vagus nerve. Mm. And again, it gets back to that mind-gut connection. And so then when it's time for you to eat, you know, you're feeling in a, in a better space to be able to eat well. And then even practicing mindful eating helps with the relationship with food. So that's one of the things that I do as well in my program is have so people practice. share a little bit about mindful eating for people yes. who may not be familiar with what mindful eating is. A lot of it has to do with pausing, actually connecting with the food because unlike Many of our ancestors, where we're not necessarily growing our own food, we're going to the store, we're buying it, 
it, we may or may not have prepared it, but when you practice mindful eating, you focus on just that moment. So just like other mindfulness practices, you're not projecting yourself into the future, thinking about, oh, what do I have to do next? So like I have people start small, like with just one meal. So you turn off everything. You're not talking to people. You're not looking at your phone. You're not multitasking. You're taking time to actually savor the food. I even say, put the fork down in between bites. Actually chew your food. Mm -hmm. And especially like if it's not something that's really soft, chew like at least 50 times Mm -hmm. so that the digestive process, which starts in the mouth, can actually take place. Give yourself 30 minutes to have a meal Mm. and see how you feel. It it can be like a meditation and then you actually start to notice. So like when I've had my students do it and I say, how was that for you? Their minds are blown. Right. Because it's like, wow, I noticed the birds singing Mm -hmm. or, you know, I noticed what a beautiful day it was or I could taste all of the seasoning. I could taste all of the herbs and the food I was having. And then also you give your body time to let you know that you're full so you don't overeat as much because you're giving that time for that signal to go to your brain that you've had enough. As opposed to if we're sitting in front of the TV and we're shoveling food in our mouth before we know it, we've eaten a whole bag of chips or a whole carton of ice cream or what have you. We don't notice, but when we practice mindful eating and we just take time to just be present and not focusing on the past too, because that's another thing that we can do. You're right there and you're fully there in that moment. It's awesome. I am. So probably 12 or 13 years ago, I was um, diagnosed with gastroparesis, which is a paralyzed stomach, which means that every time that I ate... I pretty much doubled over in pain. And so mm-hmm. I knew that any meal that I ate, I had about three or five bites. I can mm-hmm. have about three or five bites of it. And I, my whole life has pretty much been a whole food, slow food cooker, cook basically nothing out of a can, which is funny because I'm married to a guy who really does believe that bologna and Velveeta is a protein <laughs> diet. And so... <laughs> And so, so I would still cook for myself, even though I had gastroparesis and I would make this lovely meal that I could eat three bites of or five bites of, and I wasn't going to miss a single chew, right? Like I was going to savor every flavor, every moment, every second of it. And I don't do that all the time now as, but it was such there was a gift in that. There was a real gift in that, that I don't know what, that I would have slowed down enough to really mindfully savor what I was eating. Um, mm-hmm. But I can still access that today um, when I want to. And I'm so grateful for that. So this community of women, they are my fellow kick-ass can-do women who live with chronic illness, who are not about to let illness define them are still holding on to their dreams of their epic life, even though they may live with one of a variety of chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. What would you want to share with that community? Well, like I said before, you know, of course, having the gratitude practice is so important, but I would say cultivate the art of joy. Mm. Because that's something that we don't always allow ourselves to have. And some of that includes infusing humor into our day and finding a way to have some levity because things can be so heavy. We can be, we can be so weighed down, especially if we just focus on certain things so much. Um, that bother us if we focus on the things that bother us but when we look at you know other possibilities and we think of well 
how can I live my best life? Like not to use it as a cliche, but like really, what does my best life look and feel like? And if we think about how we want to feel and then set about to making sure that we're very intentional about it, then that's one thing we can do. So for example, being around positive people, mm. <laughs> you know, surrounding yourself with positive people, that's a good place to start. Curating even with your social media, taking news fast, so not staying caught up in the negativity that's happening around us, but like really being intentional about having joy in your life every day. Um, you know, what are your morning routines? How do you start your day? Do you set your intentions at the beginning of the day that today's going to be a good day? Today, I'm going to be present. Today, I'm going to find something to enjoy. And yeah, sometimes it might not go that way. We might experience other contrast, but, you know, finding a way to listen to something positive every day, um, you know, so we can get inspiration internally, but we can also find positive inspiration to surround ourselves with. So, you know, I, I get a little controversial when I say happiness is not just an inside job. You know, mm -hmm. I believe that happiness is both inside and outside. It does matter what I physically surround myself with. Like you said, the people, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feels, the senses, and I can, in terms of those sensory things, I can include those in my life, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, whether I'm quote unquote feeling worthy, whether I mm. love myself, whether I don't, I can still take actions to bring those things into my life. And then the inside job can happen too. And for me, my journey has been both internal and external Sometimes one takes more of a lead than the other, but both have had to be part of that journey for it to be a really holistic journey for me around health and happiness. Um, Absolutely. And of course, you know, both being Cali born girls. Girlies, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> going to the beach, oh, um, you know, being there. Yeah, being near bodies of water water, mm -hmm. um, you know, or even just going someplace where you can be in natural surroundings because nature has a way of putting things in perspective and making you remember, you know, like, wow, in the grand scheme of things, like we are but tiny, you know, right. fractions, like we're, we're tiny, but we're giant at the same time. Right. So, you know, just recognizing that we're part of this oneness, we're, we're part of this whole, um, and something beautiful in every day and being open to seeing something beautiful. That's one way that we can cultivate more joy in our lives. Well, having you in my day today has brought me so much joy. Your beautiful self, your beautiful spirit, your beautiful program. So tell me, where can people find you? Give us all the places where people can find you. Awesome. And thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me here in your space and talking with your community. So I have a Facebook group, which is called Harmonious Living and Eating. And it's a community where um, people can learn recipes and just be in a space of positive people um, with inspiration. I also have my podcast called Harmonious Living. And also, of course, on Instagram mainly. And it's Neema underscore sings, N-E-E-M-A underscore sings. And so that's where I post most of my content, that's where I'm most active. As I um, also mentioned, I have my 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program. I'm forming a waiting list now. Um, my website is harmonicsoulwellness.com. And mm, so people can- Just sounds delicious. <laughs> so pe people can go there to my website and learn more about my program. And um, you can message me if you want to learn more. I'm open to people DMing me if they have questions on Instagram as well. 
And I'm on Clubhouse now, um, newly, pretty newly on Clubhouse. Um, it's Naema B127. Again, I'm just so thankful and grateful that you've had me here. The virtual cooking demos, I'm starting small with those. So it's going to be um, intimate groups, but the first one is going to be January 26th, which is a Saturday. And then I'll be hosting them most likely monthly after that. So I'll be posting about that on my Instagram. Okay. And you mean June 26th, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. June you said 26. January 26th. Oh, did I say January? Yeah, that's oh okay. Goodness. We want to make sure everyone <laughs> knows June 26th. Absolutely. June 26th is the date. That's awesome. Thank you for catching that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because I don't want anyone to miss it. And whether you want to be vegan or you don't want to be vegan, how to incorporate plant-based foods into your routine and your rhythm is just a wonderful way to do it in a really high vibe, heart-centered space. So absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. Peace and love. What did I tell you? Isn't she awesome? Okay, so here are a few takeaways from today's episodes. People can give you advice and tips, but at the end of the day, you be you. Two, you deserve to do that thing that lights you up just because it lights you up. Three, everyone has a wellness journey. Four, open-mindedness helps in our relationship with food. Five, look for the lessons. Six, know when it's time to rest. Seven, sometimes you need to say, what the fuck? But that doesn't mean you aren't grateful. Eight, shooting on yourself is contrary to self-love. Nine, our relationship with food is complicated. 10, infuse your food with positivity. 11, be intentional about having joy in your life every day. So to find Nayama and all of the details regarding her cooking demo and the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program, you can go to her website, HarmonicSoulWellness.com. Her Facebook group is Harmonious Living and Eating, and you can find her on Instagram at Nayama underscore Sings. That's N-E-E-M-A underscore Sings. And all of that information will be in the show notes. But do me a favor. If you've heard something on this podcast that is helpful to you, drop a comment in Apple Podcast so that more women can find us. Or even better, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram or Facebook and tag me. You can follow me on Instagram at happy, or come hang out with me in my Facebook group. You can join the group at bit dot ly backslash finally f and happy group but if none of that is your jam and you'd like to leave me a review via voicemail you can do that too at 860-385-1088 again all of that will be in the show notes and remember you can join me every sunday night at 8 p.m in my facebook group to prioritize you and infuse your week with some energy enthusiasm self-love and self-care And if you're interested in five and a half hours of one-on-one coaching at the beta price of $298, DM me or send me an email and I can answer all your questions and get you more information so that you can start living a more joy-filled life, even if you're living with a chronic condition day in and day out. And so until we connect next, be well and be kind to you today. 